So what went wrong for the Green Bay Packers this year? What do they have to fix in order to get back to where they want to go next season, or at least be in a position to get where they want to go, which is a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers says they're one or two players away. So where do they need to add? What do those players look like? To me, it comes down to one simple factor, and that's turnovers. How do you fix it? We're going to talk about it on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Okay, this offseason is going to be like every other offseason in that the Packers are searching for answers. Where do they go? What do they do? How do they have to get better? Matt LaFleur said he's excited to tackle these challenges, to find answers to these difficult questions. And I went back and I looked through a, a mountain of data, which is, I have to admit, fun for me. It's not even a brag. I just like doing it. And so it's actually kind of lame that I, I just am, am a nerd for all of the numbers to try and figure out some trends. I've watched the tape. I watched the tape all year. So I know what that says. What do the numbers say? And at the end of the year, you can you can put together all of the information and say, okay, how did this team differ from last year's team? We know the personnel differences. Really the biggest personnel difference is Devontae Adams. And as I mentioned the other day, I, I like the metaphor that the idea that they lost two superstars, one being Devontae Adams and the other being Aaron Rodgers. So if you look at the difference in these two teams, 21 and 22, the defense is essentially the same. If you look at the underlying numbers, the advanced numbers, like it's actually kind of spooky in some ways. Some of the, the similarities, the statistical similarities, they were a better passing defense, which is good. They were a worse running defense, which is bad considering the investments made in the defensive side of the ball. And they did rely on turnovers again, as they did last year. I think that is something that we will just see with this team because Russell Douglas is a ball hawk. Jair Alexander is a ball hawk. And look, Darnell Savage, um, Adrian Amos, over the course of their Packers careers anyway, they have created turnovers. And so that's just how this defense is going to live. Now, we expected this defense to get better, not be status quo. And so the reason that this team in particular did not perform the way that we thought it could is because the defense didn't get better rather than just being the same. And I think if you take last year's team, like last year, they could have won the Super Bowl with that defense. With Devondre Campbell playing at an all-pro level and Russell Douglas playing at an all-pro level and you get Zadaria Smith back and Jerry Alexander back in the playoffs, like if they don't have the bedwetting special teams performance, they probably go in the Super Bowl. So this defense 
as it's been the last two years and really three years, it's you, you can win a Super Bowl this way. Especially you have a top 10 passing defense. You can win a Super Bowl like that. They held the Lions to 20 points in a game where you needed to hold them to 20 points. 20 points was their season average. This is an offense that over the back half of the season was the best offense in football by some of the numbers, EPA per play and, and DVOA. They were an elite offense the second half of the season. Added Jamison Williams, all that stuff, and the Packers held them to 20. The defense did the job. Over the course of the season, we can quibble about the run defense. Devontae Wyatt came on strong at the end of the year. Jaron Reed, Terrell, TJ Slayton came on strong at the end of the year. Quay Walker was really playing well at the end of the year. They found a home for Darnell Savage. Like, there's reason to be optimistic about this team. You get Eric Stokes back coming into next season and just making a little incremental improvement. We, we probably oversold the possibility of them being much better in 2022 than they were in 2021. Although, Again, I did a whole show saying I don't think it is too much to say this has this this team has the talent to be an elite defense. They didn't play to that talent. But they didn't really play any worse than last year. The difference was the offense. And we knew offensively they were going to take a step back. Like they you lose Devontae Adams, you're going to take a step back. Now, what we didn't expect was Aaron Rodgers to take a step back. And he did. And, and there are reasons for it. The protections earlier in the year, not, not good. You start, you start a game against Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith and those boys in Minnesota with, you know, uh, Jake Hansen and Royce Newman. And then you got to throw Zach Tom in his first NFL game in the mix at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's, it's going to be problematic. And it was. And it took them a while. You get Ellen Jenkins back. He's playing out of position. You get David Bakhtiari back. He played great right away. But then you're trying to figure out, okay, where does Josh Nyman go? Where, how does this all fit in? You, was, oh, oh, David Bakhtiari's hurt. Oh, we got Zach Tom, you got to come in on a moment's notice to come in and play here. There's a lot of stuff, the protection issues. And then he gets hurt against the Giants game. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Now, that doesn't stop him from being able to see the field cleanly. He didn't see the field cleanly this year. And I don't know if he's shaking off the rust from just being able to say, hey, Devontae Adams is over there, so... I can just get my backside guy in a one-on-one -on -one every time. Like, I don't know if his brain needs to be rewired to read out concepts and, and read defenses post-snap because he's so used to having that safety blanket with Devontae Adams. I can't imagine he just lost that ability. He just, it was a, a skill that might have atrophied a little bit because he didn't need it because Devontae Adams was just awesome. He got worse. And this offense probably finished where we thought they're a top 12 offense. They were a good offense in the aggregate. They just weren't a top three offense, which is what they'd been in 2020 and 2021 when they're competing for legitimately competing for Super Bowl titles. Like they were legitimately one of the four best teams, five best teams in the league the last two seasons because their offenses were elite. So we knew they were going to lose a little bit of offensive efficiency. You lose Devontae Adams, that's just going to happen. And for the first half of the season, you know, you, you lose Christian Watson, you lose Romeo Dobbs, you don't have Alan Lazard to start the season, you lose Randall Cobb in the middle of the season, Sammy Watkins gets hurt, and eventually it's just time to move on. So there were reasons that this was all happening. Again, I'm not going to lay this all at the feet of Aaron Rodgers because it's not. But he was a part of it, and we have to acknowledge that. No, the problem 
really at its core. And, and it's not, it's not the cause, it's the result. Turnovers. This team turned the ball over at a rate almost twice as high in terms of turnovers per drive as 2021. If you look at efficiency numbers, yeah, they were a little worse yards per drive, but like red zone is the one that everyone comes up with. Oh, this team was so bad in the red zone. They were. Worst team in the league, goal-to-goal situations. That's bad. Don't do that. They stopped running the ball. Zach Cruz had a great thread on Twitter yesterday about how the, the running in the red zone fell off a cliff. But they were bad in the red zone last year. 19th in the red zone in terms of points per red zone trip in 2021. That's below average. They were 23rd. Like, it's it's not that it's not that different. But they scored almost half a point fewer per drive Overall, you have eight drives in a game. Okay, well, that's four points per game less. If you have 10 drives, it's five, right? So if you are turning the ball over, that's one fewer chance for you to get points. And this Packers team, again, they were a top 12 offense, top 10 offense for most of the season. They moved the ball. They did not have a problem moving the ball. They would get into plus territory and they'd go for it on fourth down and not get it. Or they'd get into the red zone and they'd they'd go for it on fourth down and not get it. Or they'd, they'd have to kick a field goal rather than score a touchdown. Or they'd turn it over. Turnovers in plus territory. This was a problem all season. Turnovers in general. A problem all season. They were a mediocre team when it comes to turnovers offensively. They went from one of the three best teams in the league. And they have always been in the Matt LaFleur era a good turnover team in terms of avoiding them offensively to a mediocre team, 15th. So you lose a little bit of offensive efficiency in terms of creating yards because you lose Devontae Adams. You lose a little bit in the red zone because you lose Devontae Adams. And then you amp up your turnovers because you don't have Devontae Adams. And so Aaron Rodgers is forcing balls. Now, a lot of a lot of those throws, if you go back and look at all the interceptions, there's just some bad misses in there. Like the Christian Watson play, yeah, AJ Dillon blows the it seems like AJ Dillon. We don't we don't know for sure, but AJ Dillon misses the opportunity to give help on a free runner. Aaron Rodgers has to unload the ball, but it's a bad throw. It's a it's a bad decision. It's an interception. Had another interception earlier in that game taken off the board. You have go back to the Rams interception. A dreadful interception by Aaron Rodgers. And and that was something that we saw across the season, trying to force goal balls into situations down the field where you just don't need to do that. He there was there was a little too much hero ball. And it's not like guys weren't open. Guys were open. I think if Christian Watson plays a full season, things might look a little bit different. But so that leads us to the question then, okay, your offense is a little less efficient. How do you make it a little more efficient? How do you get it back into that top five? Because even with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, Kyle Shanahan's offense is always in the top five in efficiency. Jimmy Garoppolo is the EPA per play king because he never throws the ball more than 10 yards down the field and they kill people. And that was before they had Christian McCaffrey, before Brandon Ayuk was the guy that we saw this year, like last year, before that, the year before that. Like the year before that, they didn't have all these dudes, but they scheme up things really well and Jimmy G pushes the buttons. So how do you get to that? And then how do you reduce reduce the turnovers? Well, those two things are related because if you can be more efficient underneath and, and also... 
be more efficient creating explosives, which the Packers could not do this last year in terms of explosives for scores. They didn't have those 30, 40, 50 yard scores. The Devontae Adams, it's it's first and 10 on the 45 and you throw a transition go and that turns into a touchdown. You didn't have that this year. So how do you create some big play touchdowns? How do you create a little bit more efficiency? And then how do you how do you allow that to reduce your turnovers? We're going to talk about that in the rest of the show. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional sport and amateur league out there. Pro football, college football, um, when when college football comes back, basketball, uh, soccer, golf. They've got it all at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. The fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online where the game starts and we're talking about off season right we're talking about all of the moves that you need to make to get to be a great team well you can do that in the ultimate football gm for your own team hiring the right coaches trading the right players making the right draft picks hiring the right scouts that's how detailed and nuanced this game is it is really a fun time for the football lover among us and Locked On Packers listeners can get a free boost, 100% boost on their franchise when they use the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On. So to download it, you can go to the App Store, find the Ultimate Football GM, or you can go to the ultimate-gm.com. Uh, That's ultimate-gm.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. We hope you like spending your day with us, starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Make your second listen Locked on NFL and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with key predictions every Friday and Monday. Local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes Locked on NFL available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so how do you do this? Well, one way, the simplest way, no, no personnel additions need to be made is you get back to the LaFleur style of offense, under center, play action, the the built-in plays, the packaged plays, the play off the play. And you get out of the shotgun, Aaron read it, one, two, three, or or Aaron RPO pre-snap, it's this, or whatever. It has to be, and RPOs are built into the Matt LaFleur system, but how about a post-snap RPO? Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to do that. Jordan Love did that at Utah State. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. The stuff in 2020 where you're designing a play, a concept to do one thing and Aaron Rodgers was throwing it, that worked. And they've they the last two years have gone away from some of that stuff. Aaron Rodgers, not just taking what's there the same way. And so if you're Matt LaFleur, you either need to get Aaron Rodgers to recommit to playing that way and retake the reins on this offense, or you need to invest serious resources into getting him a bucket getter. DeAndre Hopkins reportedly on the trading block. I'm well, 
And he had a cryptic Instagram post yesterday about, you know, basically saying goodbye, it seemed like. It seems like he knows his days are over in Arizona, that they're trying to trade him. That's a perfect fit because you have Christian Watson to stretch the field. And on third and six, you can trust DeAndre Hopkins to go get you a bucket. He can go on a slant or a comeback or a, or a pick a route. Just go bully someone, throw him the ball. He can get it. You fixed your red zone offense if you have DeAndre Hopkins. Teams have to shade coverage to Christian Watson. Deep, DeAndre Hopkins. Team have to shade coverage to DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Watson. They are the perfect, the perfect complement to one another. And then you add in Romeo Dobbs and all that stuff. Brandon Cooks. He is on the trade block. He wants to be traded. He can be a bucket getter for you. Not the same way Nuke can because he's not that sort of, you know, dominant at the catch point kind of guy where even if he's not open, he's open. George Pickens is the new guy that's like that. Even if he's not open, he's open. I said this the other day. He never has separation. (laughs) He never has separation, but he's always open. So Brandon Cooks, he can get separation. He can get down the field. There's a lot of things that he can do for your offense. He can on third and eight, I think get you a bucket. Not every time, not against Sauce Gardner, but consistently enough that I think it can it can push your offense incrementally back in the right direction. All of a sudden, if Brandon Cooks is your wide receiver one or your 1B to Christian Watson's 1A or whatever it is, who cares what the what the one letters are? All of a sudden, that looks like it's a top eight offense, a top six offense. And then if your defense gets a little bit better, now you're back to being the kind of team you thought you could be. So find that bucket getter if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play ball the way that you need him to play ball. I think that getting a middle of the field player or run after catch player, if you're not going to get a bucket getter is the way to go. So someone like Quentin Johnson in the draft, Jackson Smith and Jigba in the draft, there are there are a number of receivers Potential first and second round receivers who could come in. We know receivers come in ready to play. Most rookies are bad, but we know receivers are coming in more ready to play than ever. And at 15, I mean, if Jackson Smith and Jigba is there, that guy, he was going to be wide receiver one before he got hurt. Was going to be a top 10 pick all day before he got hurt. Like the Jamison Williams, only he's going to probably be ready for week one, probably be ready for camp. He might might be ready to run and do all the stuff in the pre-draft process. We'll see. That's the kind of guy who can change your offense. You know, maybe it's a tight end. I don't think they're going to pick a tight end in the first round. Michael Mayer is a, a popular uh, option. Darnell Washington from Georgia, who's 6'8", 265. Like he's a Mercedes Lewis clone. Only he's got more athleticism right now today. Could come in. He's he For everyone that wanted Jelani Woods... Hi, hello, me. Last year, he's that guy, but with more talent, with more physical gifts. And Jelani Woods was like the most, the, the, like the best timed and, and on paper athlete we've ever seen at the position. And Darnell Washington, I think if you just watch him play, looks like a, looks like a better athlete on the field. Whether he tests like one, we'll see. I think he's going to have a relative athletic score over nine. Like he's going to. He's going to be a Packers type, no question. But rookie tight ends, 
That's a, that's a, a crapshoot. Not a lot of veterans out there in terms of options. So that helps, I think, get your offense back to the efficiency level where you need it to be. And that helps you avoid turnovers because that's one more option. Having to having to ham and egg it so much. I went back and looked at how many different players led the Packers in receiving over the course of the season. And in the first five weeks, it was five different guys. A.J. Dillon, Sammy Watkins, Al Nazard, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon. And you say, oh, that's a good thing. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because, by the way, one of those is a running back and one of them is a tight end who was not involved really in the offense the rest of the season. Robert Tunyon is not someone you want to carry your offense. Randall Cobb is not, at this point in his career, someone you want to carry your offense. A.J. Dillon definitely is not someone in your passing game unless he's unless he breaks off two big ones and all of a sudden he's got 85 yards or 100 yards because he broke off a 50-yarder and a 30-yarder. That's not who you want leading your team in receiving. Now, the Packers were also one and two in games that Christian Watson had over 100 yards, but you need to you need to find some more consistency at the top. They have some nice secondary pieces. Romeo Dobbs is a nice secondary receiver. Randall Cobb is a nice secondary receiver. Al Lazard is a versatile MFer who can block and do all those things. He's a nice secondary receiver. He's not a wide receiver one. We'll see if Christian Watson is. They need someone else that can be a legit either wide receiver two or 1B, 1A kind of thing with Christian Watson. That's what they need. That that reduces turnovers and that gets you more offensive efficiency. Now, defensively. Defensively, the run game is the biggest problem. Now, I think part of that is Quay Walker was struggling. He's playing. He played much better in the second half. If you look at the numbers, what was really good for a rookie linebacker in terms of just pure numbers, productivity. Um, Sports Info and Solutions had him as the fourth most valuable linebacker, off-ball linebacker in the league this past season. Part of that is he never came off the field. So that, that has value. If he gets better, I think, you know, you, if he has some more instincts, a little bit more read and react, more Devon, uh, Devontae Wyatt on the field, more TJ Slayton on the field. I think I think bring back John Reed. That's some help for Kenny Clark. And then one more player on that front. I think it's a defensive end that you need because Preston Smith is, is rock solid. They have no quick twitch pass rush. They have no quick twitch pass rush. You look at these top teams. The Eagles have Hassan Reddick. Quick twitch. He can be on you in a hurry. The Cowboys have Micah Parsons. The 49ers have Nick Bosa. That's twitch pass rush. Preston Smith is a technique power rusher for the most part. He can get to the edge, but he's not a quick twitch guy anymore. Rashawn Gary is a bull rusher, run through your face rusher. They drafted Devontae Wyatt to be a quick twitch rusher. He didn't get many opportunities. At the end of the season, he started to show he can be that. I think expecting him to be that early on is asking a little much. At Maybe at 15, that's where you get that guy. Athleticism, twitch, to come in. And now all of a sudden, while Rashawn Gary gets healthy, you have Kingsley Ganagbury, you got Preston Smith, and, and this guy, pass rusher X. And then guess what he can do? Create turnovers. Force fumbles. 
throwaways, stops to give your offense more possessions so you don't have to be quite as efficient because you're creating more possessions. So those are the two big things this offseason that the Packers need to try and do. Find the bucket getter and I think a middle of the field player is the kind of thing you need. And then one more pass rusher. And I know the run defense was the problem, right? The run defense was the problem. I get it. But I think you have to bank on some improvement from Devontae Wyatt. Getting Rashawn Gary back is going to help the run defense a lot. And if you add a pass rusher, you hope that he can make some splash plays in the run game, some TFLs. And and then now you're keeping Preston Smith a little bit fresher. You're keeping Rashawn Gary a little bit fresher. And they can make some more plays for your coverage unit that in the second half of the season in particular played really, really well. So if you're turning the ball over a little bit more on offense, eh, it's less of a problem if you're creating a bunch of turnovers on defense. A pass rusher, I think, would allow them to have a little bit more wiggle room because then they can create some more turnovers. Now, those are two big things. Like in terms of non-quarterbacks, those are the two most important positions on the field. The thing is, they don't need a Rashawn Gary level pass rusher. They don't need to add that guy. They have Rashawn Gary. They need to add that, you know, think back to 2010. They had Clay Matthews. They need the Colin Jenkins. Preston Smith's not quite that. Colin Jenkins was a real problem. He could, for for drives, take over games. But just for a drive here, drive there. Not for whole games. Clay Matthews could take over a game. Clay, Clay Matthews took over months at a time in his prime. You don't need that. I mean, look, if you can get that, sure, great. By all means, get that. But you don't need that to get to where you want to get to. You need some impact. And I think to be complimentary, quick twitch pass rush. That is the thing that I think can help elevate this defense to where you want it to get to. And then and then play with a little more discipline in your run fits. Like that's going to happen in year two. Like those guys just, they're going to be smarter. They're going to be better. And this team, you know, with the with the right additions, all of a sudden, and it's all, of course, contingent on Aaron Rodgers and what he's going to do and all that stuff. So we'll see. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you have to try Built Bar. This is, I, you guys, I, I preach the gospel of Built Bar because they're wonderful. I had one today. I had one yesterday. I had one the day before. In fact, yesterday... My wife cut one in half. She does not like protein bars, but she cut one in half and took it. Guess what I did? She was going to come back for it. 100% she was coming back for it. I ate it. Of course I ate it. It's delicious. It's delicious. And she came down and she was like, wait, did you eat the other half? And I was like, yeah, you didn't eat it. So I was going to eat that. We we didn't fight, but we we both wanted the last bites of the built Bar, of a protein bar, of a health food bar. Imagine that, and it's because it tastes delicious, but it covers all the macros that you want. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, and now you can get it on your normal shopping trip. You don't have to order it online. You can, if you're at Walmart, grab them. You're at Sam's Club, grab them. In the store, they make it really easy, and you can get them again and again. You can thank me later. One thing I want to hit before we get out of here. Um, Mike LaFleur granted permission to speak with 
other teams, has some interest. Sounds like he's leaving. I don't know if that means he's going to come to Green Bay. I wouldn't hate it. That's who that's who Matt LaFleur wanted to hire originally on his staff and, and settled, quote unquote, for Nathaniel Hackett because Kyle Shanahan would not let him interview at OC. You can no longer do that. You can no longer block coaches from interviewing for, for full-level coordinator positions, so like play-calling offensive coordinator. Um, and you could never block them from interviewing as head coaching candidates. But this is a different situation. He would be presumably coming as a lateral move to Green Bay. If he were going to come, he's not going to come to be Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach. I wonder if Matt LaFleur is going to give up plays, give up play calling for someone. Could it be his brother? I just, this just, he said he didn't, didn't anticipate making any coaching changes. Could the potential of hiring his brother change that? I don't know. We'll see. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, Joel Corey, NFL agent, former NFL agent, and salary cap expert on the show tomorrow to talk about the Aaron Rodgers contract and and how this can all play out this offseason and next offseason and try and walk me through a lot of the craziness going on in that situation. So that'll be on the show tomorrow. Come hang out with us tomorrow wherever you get podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And if you want to come hang out with us live, we do that on YouTube. So you can stay locked on time.